When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Jordan Gonsalves, and I'm a journalist. Join me on my new podcast, But We Loved, where queer elders recount the amazing history they've lived through. In the middle of Wall Street, they stopped traffic. They were doing a die-in. And in the process, share little gems of wisdom for the next generation. The key is to understanding yourself, learning to love and embrace yourself. You can listen to But We Loved on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Go behind the wheel, under the hood, and beyond with Car Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey everyone, and welcome to the most efficient episode of Car Stuff you'll probably ever hear. That's right, uh, Scott Benjamin, auto editor uh, over there across from me, Ben Boland, video writer over here. And efficiency is really going to be the key of this podcast, Scott. Definitely, definitely. And we're talking about efficiency levels like, uh, well, like maybe you've never even heard of, really, because this is uh, it's an incredible competition, and it was a suggestion from a, a listener, mm-hmm. uh, something that you had mentioned also in the same week, just by chance. And I think we've talked about this in other efficiency podcasts as well. Just mentioned though, not we really just touched on it. Yeah, not not really covered it in depth. So uh, this was a this was a good idea uh, from a listener named Bridger. And I think we read this in uh, Nuts and Bolts, mm-hmm. one of them, six or seven. Yeah. Um, but the suggestion was for an eco marathon podcast. It's an amazing competition, and there's there are tons of innovation that takes place there. Um, Bridger says that I just took place, I uh, just took part in it, and my team placed second for a plug-in battery car, which is very good. Yeah. Um, says there's so much about this competition that I don't even know about. I think that a lot of us would be interested in hearing about these cars and the technology that's involved. Uh, so thanks for taking a look at it, and uh, hope to hear from you know, hope to hear about it. So. Bridger, here's uh, here's one for you. And um, uh, by the way, congratulations, place in second. Yeah, man, awesome, That's very, very good. I know a lot of teams compete in this competition. And as we look at some of the numbers, uh, other listeners will realize what an achievement that actually is. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. This, uh, this is not just squeezing you know a mile or two out of a couple extra gallons out of uh, I'm sorry, miles per gallon out of uh, out of your normal cars tank or anything like that. Oh, it's, no, uh, sir. This is, this is to the extreme. Yes. No, sir. This is not a podcast about thrifty hypermiling or anything. This is the Shell Eco Marathon, the, I don't know, what would you call it? The big leagues when yeah. it comes to efficiency? Big daddy competition of yeah. all here. This is, uh, this is the big one. This one, um, I, I, I have, 
want to say that like we talked about solar marathons and uh, solar races, right? You know that race during the daytime and they they don't use any fuel really. They're more all. endurance races. They, they use yeah. sunlight as fuel. Mm-hmm. These uh, this is kind of a mix of all different types of uh, types of vehicles. I mean, we're talking mm-hmm. about fuel cell vehicles. We have battery. Powered vehicles, internal we have combustion. internal combustion engines, which some of the numbers here, we'll get into the numbers, and yeah. I promise you, these numbers are impressive. Let's do the history. So way back in 1939, Shell Research Laboratory in the U.S., um, some scientists have what you would call a friendly wager, and this wager is who can get the most miles per gallon from their vehicles? 1939. 1939. Ben, do you remember what cars looked like in 1939? They sure didn't look like the cars in the marathon today. <laughs> no, they don't. They and they were they were monsters. They were yeah, huge vehicles. Yeah. And they were big. They were heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the the word we used in the Packard podcast was stately. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, stately is a good way to say it. Yeah, they. Uh, you know, of course, internal combustion engines. We weren't talking about electrics at that time, or fuel cells, or anything like that. Mm-hmm. These guys were just trying to. Uh, eke the most out of their car by making minor refinements here and there and see what they could do with a gallon of gas. And eventually, this competition continued to grow and evolve and it moved to Europe. So the Shell Eco Marathon uh, Europe began in 1985 in France. Isn't that, that incredible? That's strange. 1985. I mean, that's a long, long time after 1939. So we're talking uh, 46 years, right? Forty-six mm-hmm. years later, it actually becomes a a, a real thing. Otherwise, mm-hmm. you know, other than just a friendly competition between, uh, you know, the, the the employees at Shell, right, uh, right? Kind of a year, you know, they they kept it up as a yearly thing. You know, this is what we'll just do this, and then eventually it became a worldwide, uh, I don't know, phenomenon. I don't know, not really, just a competition, worldwide competition. Yeah, I, it it's almost like one global experiment that yeah. happens on a cyclical basis because it's not just Europe. No, no, it's also Asia. It's uh, throughout several several parts of the world. It's not just Europe. Yeah, there's also an, uh, an America's competition, right? And yep. uh, we've got numbers. We got some records and things like that. You know, later coming up that uh, mm-hmm. they're going to blow you away. I, I've, I've promised this twice now, but the numbers are just astounding. <laughs> they, they really are. Um, okay, so our deal is we can't we can't hype it a third time without doing it. So, mm-hmm. um, all right, let's talk about. You want to talk about the rules? Yeah, why not? Okay, all right, so. Here's the thing. I've got the rules uh, from their website for 2011. Now, these rules intentionally leave many designs, uh, parameters, and tactics and approaches unspecified. Mm-hmm. And why is that? Room for creativity. Exactly. Spot nail on the head. That's because this is a this is like a competition among engineers, right? Mm-hmm. Um, students, for the most part, and a lot of these competitions are all about ingenuity. It's what uh, what you can do with within the parameters of the rules. A lot like NASCAR, a lot like Formula One, a lot like any any cool, racing yeah. series, really. Um, up to the interpretation of the teams. So we've got students like Bridger from around the world uh, designing and building these. Energy efficient vehicles. Uh, right now, there's there are three sections we mentioned: the Americas, Europe, and Asia. And I believe Asia's competition began in 2010. Oh, okay. So, so it's a very the new very guy recent. on the block. Yeah, yeah very recent. Um, I'm fairly certain that given the caliber of engineering students that would be competing there, it's going to be giving the Americas and Europe. A heck of a run for their money. I would think so. And right now, when we get, oh, I can't do the third time because we we can't promise it a third time. But uh, you'll see that the <laughs> European competitors, yeah, uh, they 
really, really have excelled at this. Oh, they bring it. Yeah, they definitely do. So, do you want to uh, do you want to do a number? You want to right now? Yeah, uh, we, we can. Let's start with the Americas. All right. Um, or you want to start with the uh, the Asia competition? Um. Let's start with Americas. Okay, I'll start with Americas. Let me go through my notes here. Yes, but yes. Um, uh, let's see. So in the well, actually, you know what? We should tell them right now. There are two groups. Oh, that's right. Uh, yes. There is the prototype group and the urban concept and group. and the urban concept group. Now, the prototype group is. Um, hang on, I'm struggling for my notes here. Okay, the prototype group. <laughs> uh, basically, what that is is just the idea to build the most aerodynamic, most fuel efficient vehicles possible within the parameters that they give you. And as there's height, width, weight, oh, all yeah, kinds of different parameters. Those, yeah. yeah, there's I mean there's a long list of those. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we need to go into them, but they're they're mm-hmm. um they're extensive. Yes. Um then there's also the urban concept idea um group, which is uh fuel economy vehicles that are similar to the cars that we see on the roads today. Now that means that um you know they'll have a body, they'll have what looks like headlights, they'll have sure. just about everything. They won't have turn signals. They won't have anything that makes them street legal. They're more like a concept car than the prototypes are. Exactly. Yeah, you'll you'll recognize them more as a car that you would see on the street, but mm. still not allowed to drive on the yeah, street. Not They're street not, legal. No, that's a, that's the thing. These are all you know still um, engineering. I don't know ideas, engineering prototypes. Yeah, these are homemade cars, man. Exactly, made by students, mm-hmm. uh, but high level of engineering involved in these things because uh, in the Americas in the prototype group. Uh, just for example, here are some of the records. These are the current records from the, uh, the Shell Eco Marathon site. Yes. Um, Laval University of Quebec, Canada, they achieved 2,487.5 miles per gallon with an internal combustion powered vehicle. What? I know. I know. It's, it's incredible. 2,487.5 miles per gallon. And that's not even hybrid technology no, or that's anything a, like that, that. That's an internal combustion powered vehicle. That's, uh, that's amazing. Amazing. Um, let's see. If you want to go on to a high school team, mm-hmm. uh, Cicero North Syracuse High School from Cicero, New York, 1,837 miles per gallon uh, from a fuel cell hydrogen-powered vehicle, which pretty impressive. Especially you're building it in high school. Good show, you exactly. guys. Exactly. Now, here's a solar-powered vehicle uh, that we mentioned earlier. Uh, Purdue University created this one, the solar racing team from Purdue. Um, they That's in uh, West Lafayette, Indiana. They produced a vehicle that had, uh, see, so got 4,548 miles per gallon, uh, from a solar vehicle. So that's incredible as well. And then yeah. there's the Urban Concept, which is another high school team from Evansville, Indiana, and they got 437.2 miles per gallon. And that's again from an internal combustion powered vehicle. So, um, prototype 2487.5, that's an internal combustion. And, uh, the Urban Concept from Evansville, Indiana high school team, 437.2 miles per gallon. Which is just incredible. Incredible. Incredible yeah. numbers. But I promise you, wait mm. till we get to the European teams and you won't believe the number that you hear. The uh, number one vehicle, like the most fuel efficient vehicle, uh, in, in this category. So go ahead then. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, 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 Because no, I, no. I, uh, I got all excited about reading some of these numbers. Yeah, yeah, so no, no. That, that's, that's one third of them. Let's, uh, do you, do you want to go into uh, some of the? You want to save Europe for last? Uh, yeah, well, why not? I got a couple. I've also got a couple little facts and figures that I can pepper in here if you like. You yeah, know, yeah, just, yeah. Just here and there, just to give you an idea mm-hmm. um, of how efficient some of these vehicles are, because uh, they give you, you know, this is again from the Eco Marathon site. Yes. Um, they give you all these kind of interesting facts and figures, you know, like uh, you know comparisons, and uh, just to give you an idea how fuel efficient they are, how how. Um, less, how little carbon dioxide they're producing. Mm-hmm. Um, 
the Shell Eco Marathon, a Shell Eco Marathon vehicle and its driver combined generate less carbon dioxide than a world class athlete running around a circuit that's 25, um, at, I'm sorry, at 15.53 miles per hour. Oh, okay. That makes sense. So the, the vehicle's the... traveling at 15.5 miles per hour. Not the, not the runner, of okay. course. Yeah. But, um, less carbon dioxide than a world class athlete running around a circuit. And the difference there, that's so, so well written because the difference there is the, amount of air that the athlete is expelling because they're running, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And so the, what we're seeing is that a person sitting and driving, which probably breathing normally, mm-hmm. uh, the pollution that the vehicles add is still less than the difference between an exercising person. Sure. And wow. Sure. That's so astonishing. You, so a driver and vehicle, less pollution than a runner. Amazing. Wow. Amazing. At 15 and a half miles per hour, which is not very fast, but still, that's pretty incredible. Uh, another one, just a real quick one. Um, oh, here we go. If a Ferrari Formula One race car, oh, I love these comparisons, the, the race car type <laughs> yeah. stuff, right? Okay, so if a Ferrari Formula One race car was as economical as a Shell Eco Marathon car, using one gallon of fuel, the driver can, can compete in over three entire seasons of Formula One racing without having to stop for fuel. Seasons. Seasons. Now, of course, it wouldn't be able to travel as fast as it does, but mm-hmm. they're saying that it would be able to complete enough laps of all of the Formula One circuits for the full race, mm-hmm. three seasons. It just wouldn't place one race. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, isn't that incredible? One gallon of fuel, it could compete over three seasons. Now, here's the immediate question that comes to mind, which is, if these numbers are real, which they are, we assure you guys, mm-hmm. these numbers are real. Yeah. If they're real, then why are we not seeing vehicles like this uh, on the market? Very good. Because a lot of the, uh, I, I mean, here's my shot at it. Right. A lot of these materials that they use are cost prohibitive. You're talking about ultra lightweight vehicles that, mm-hmm. um, you know, that they, they don't have to conform to all the standards that we have for, um, safety, you know, safety federal safety standards. Uh, that is the main part right there. You can make these ultralight vehicles that are ultra-efficient, and they don't have to travel very fast. They don't have to have acceleration mm-hmm. to be able to handle traffic. And they're nothing but carbon fiber. That's right. There's, yeah. They're super, super thin. They have Lexon windows that are very, yeah. very thin. Um, the drivers themselves are probably the smallest person on the team, if I had to guess. Oh, kind of uh, like the, the jockey rules for it, horses. I would think so. I mean, okay. it would it would make sense for your team to put the sure. lightest person possible in that driver's seat. Um, just all the materials, it's not, they're not built for comfort. Um, they're not built for speed. They're not built for safety. They're just built for competition. And this is just a, uh, a kind of a, a theoretical, here's what we could do. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, there's, there's a point you can, you can integrate some of this technology and they are taking some of this technology to the manufacturers Yeah. because these engineering students are the ones that end up in, uh, manufacturing facilities where they are engineering facilities where they mm-hmm. do design parts for vehicles. So some of these ideas do make it into production and mm-hmm. you know that, that, um, you know, major corporations are paying attention to what happens in competitions like these. This is a big one too. Uh, this is a world, a true worldwide competition, um, very well known, very well recognized. You know, the people say this is where we need to watch for, you know, the talent that comes out of it, the people, you know, mm-hmm. from the schools, you know, who, who to watch. Also, um, you know, just some of the, uh, some of the, the basic ideas that they come up with during the competition. That's, you know, the, the engineers at the major manufacturers might smack their forehead and say, uh, you know, why have why we thought I? of this? Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, also let's, let's make it clear though that while the, 
approaches they're using, the designs and the materials that they're using may be innovative or unorthodox. The types of fuel and energy they use are are relatively well-known things. Oh, yeah. The, the, well, the fuel. I mean – The fuel is shelf fuel. The shelves, <laughs> yeah, all the lubricants. That's one thing we should, should point yeah, out yeah, is yeah. that all the fuel – all of the lubricants are from Shell Corporation, and mm-hmm. of course, you know that that's part of the rules that you have to use Shell fuel and Shell <laughs> Shell yeah, lubricants. Yeah. But um, what you're talking about, I think, is that we're we're seeing internal combustion engines, we're seeing fuel mm-hmm. cell vehicles, we're mm-hmm. seeing solar powered vehicles. Uh, all of them are are stuff that we've we, we've been messing around with this stuff for a long, long time. Yeah, they, they're just refining it to the point where, um, you know, the well. It, they're making big gains in some areas. Other areas, like you can see that solar is still mm-hmm. not quite there. But I mean, I, I think that 487 miles, is that what I said on the last yeah, one? Yeah, yeah. Four, or 437.2 miles the, per gallon uh, from Evans the Evans, Evansville, Indiana. Yeah. That, that's really impressive uh, from a high school team for a, for a uh, solar vehicle. I mean, I know. but. But what internal were you doing in high school? I'm sorry to interrupt. <laughs> no, no, it's all right. I'm, I'm kind of in a roundabout way yeah. getting around to saying that you're right. that – this is this is technology that we have available right now. Mm-hmm. We're bound to see some of these advancements come out in uh, in future vehicles. So here's here's something before we move on to the Asia numbers, mm-hmm. uh, just to just to illustrate these vehicles are the, especially these internal combustion vehicles. Again, as we said, they're not using some unorthodox, top secret, classified rocket fuel. They're using stuff like Shell unleaded ninety five. And or if you're in the U.S., un, uh, regular 87 octane. Really? Yeah. So this is just seven. So this is just <laughs> like uh, not even premium or anything. Is no. It just no. Uh, <laughs> which you know that doesn't matter. It's just a matter of uh, you know when it where it burns or when it burns. Right. Yeah. And they also they also have some things that are less common types of fuel for internal combustion engines. They have uh, gas to liquid mm-hmm. uh, GTL stuff, and then they have uh, fatty acid methyl ester. Which I've never used in a car. <laughs> Me neither. And then, of course, ethanol. Okay. Uh, but as we've said before, also uh, hydrogen, solar power, and plug-in electric power, uh, or battery-only vehicles, mm-hmm. are making strong showings. So. Okay. All right. You want to move on to uh, some of these last numbers here? Absolutely. Uh, you know what? I'm just going to give you the Asia numbers and then the Europe numbers. How about All that? All right. Yeah, yeah. We'll do it kind of quick. We're on a world tour. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't know how much more I have on this really, Ben. Okay. I'm not really sure. It's it's just a really – it's a fascinating competition. And what I think is really cool is is to go to the site and, and look at some of these vehicles and, and read about some of the teams because they have, they have stories about some of the teams and how they mm. brought their vehicle there. Um, read the history of the competition. Uh, it's just a, it's a great site to go to and, and check it out. But um, And you can also find these records here if you don't, you know – if you don't want to keep these on the top of your mind, you know, just right. try to impress your friends at the water cooler or whatever. <laughs> but um, well, let's read the Asian numbers. For the yes. prototype class, uh, there's a Thailand team – or a team from Thailand, I should say, that uh, achieved 3,579.73 miles per gallon in their internal combustion-powered vehicle. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a Malaysia team uh, with a hydrogen fuel cell-powered vehicle that uh, achieved 1,408.46 miles per gallon. And in Singapore, they had a solar-powered vehicle, get this, Ben, 743.5 wow. miles per gallon, which – now, this is a uh, university. Okay, I was uh, going to say. That's the difference between uh, the one from the U.S. here. That, that was a high school team versus a uh, college team. 
Um, they were able to squeeze an extra, it looks like almost 300 miles per gallon out of a, uh, out of a solar powered vehicle. Yeah. It'd be interesting. Well, to it's the what, equivalent. I should yeah. say, I should get that out here too, that it's the equivalent. They, I mean, I don't remember how they measure it. It's like in kilowatts per, oh, use yeah. per hour or something like the that. The metric but, system. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Something like that. Which everybody except for the United States and Namibia uses. I think you're right. It's true. Yeah. Um, so the urban concept, uh, this is from the Asia competition again. Mm-hmm. Urban concept, Indonesia had a team with an in- internal combustion engine that, uh, 558.87 miles per, per gallon, which is pretty good. Um, and then Singapore, again, Singapore with, uh, 1440.5 from a hydrogen fuel cell powered vehicle. So, mm-hmm. That's kind of the level we're talking about for the rest of the world, okay? Yeah. And, yeah. uh, you know, I'm going to save the, the big daddy number here for the, uh, the, for the very end, but okay. we're getting to Europe. I'll start with urban concept. Um, Netherlands, 1757 from a fuel cell powered vehicle. That's- Germany, 1648.6 from a fuel cell powered vehicle. Okay. Belgium, 1107.4 from a fuel cell powered vehicle. Uh, if you go into the prototype now, there's one, two here that I want to read first. Okay. Germany, 6,574 miles per gallon what? from a fuel cell powered vehicle. Wow. Germany. That's Germany, 6,574 miles per gallon fuel cell vehicle. Um, France had 6,973.4 miles per gallon from an internal combustion powered vehicle. Hmm. Almost 7,000 miles. How ben, did they from, do that? Almost seven thousand miles from an internal power, internal combustion yeah. engine. Here's the big one. Are you ready? Those weren't the big ones. Those weren't the big ones. This is the <laughs> biggest one. Now this is this is a fuel cell powered vehicle. Okay. All right. And this is the the current world record holder, um, far and away above everybody else. I don't know what they're doing here, but this is the Polyjewel team from Polytech uh, Nantes, N A N T E S University in France. Get this, Ben. 11,516.34 miles per gallon equivalent in a fuel cell powered vehicle. Holy moly, man. 11,516.34 miles per gallon. I, that's, I'm almost speechless. That's incredible. So, okay, let me riddle me this, Scott. How long do you think just driving your vehicle in your day to day life, how long do you think it would take you to drive 11,000? 11, 516.34 miles? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It'd take me, uh, oh, boy, probably three or four months. It'd take months. Maybe probably months yeah. of driving to work every day, maybe taking an occasional road trip here and there mm-hmm. on the weekend, mm-hmm. uh, maybe even a longer trip, you know, down to Florida or something. Sure. This is that's a, that's a long, long way. And just to give you an idea, I've got a number here that tells you just about how long that is, really. Yeah. Um, it came from their facts and figures, and I had to do a little bit of uh, converting here, so we'll see how it goes. But um, this record that was set in 2010, by the way, um, the then they give it in kilometers per liter. Okay, so this is where my uh, my math skills had to come in, all right? All right. <laughs> I'll see how I do. I'm sure somebody will write in if it's wrong, but math it's close. Up. Let's math say it's it close. Up, Scott. Let's just say it's close. It's close. Okay. It's approximate. <laughs> Very close. Um all right, so just to give you an idea of how far that is, it's the equivalent of driving from the head to toe of Europe. That means starting at the North Cape in Norway, you drive all the way to the tip of the toe in the Italian peninsula. Wow. On And that's on one liter, okay? That's one liter of fuel. Now, remember, there's 3.785 liters per gallon of fuel. Mm-hmm. So it's actually three times that distance. So it's 3,042.3 miles per liter. 
which if you multiply that point by 3.785, you get 11,516.34, which is their miles per gallon. And which is also the calculation used to arrive at the other equivalents that people have heard from European teams. Exactly, yeah, because a lot of these are listed in uh, – and, and they do the conversions for us here yeah. um, on the site. But um, you know, for the Americas, they have them listed in miles per gallon mm-hmm. for European and Asia – Kilometers per liter. That, kilometers per liter, yeah. So, but they have the conversions right there for you. So, anywhere you are, you've got these numbers at hand. Um, I don't know. Fascinating competition, really. And yeah. to, to think that it goes back to 1939. It's just amazing. That's incredible. I know I've seen, I, I've seen a photo of an old hollowed out car, I remember, from back in the 50s. <laughs> yeah. And it was so boxy. It looked like a checker cab almost. It was blue, I think. And nothing in there but one seat. Do you remember that car? You, you remember seeing that car, right? I think I may have – did it have one seat, it just did. one seat? It did. And I a did tiny little engine. Yeah. Um, thin wheels that were really pumped up hard. Like bicycle they were, wheels. Yeah, they were it – yeah. was, it was incredible. It was uh, – It was. but it was from the 50s and it, it was from this competition, from the shell competition. And, uh, you know, to think that, you know, throughout history from the 30s we've been doing this, that's pretty impressive. So, hey, college students, do you think that you can make a car that can go further than 11,000 miles on one gallon of gas? I don't know, Scott. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't even know where to begin with that. I mean, that's that's it's remarkable. But we are not engineering students. No. So I'm I'm fairly confident. I mean, a lot of our listeners are incredibly intelligent people. So uh, I'm fairly confident that we've probably got a couple listeners uh, who might might make some uh, surprising moves in 2011 well, going I forward. So. I mean, we know we've got we know we've got one that's into this already, Bridger. Yes. Um so, you know, there there's got to be more out there. More um, you know, write in and tell us, you know, what what you think about this and and if you have any ideas. I mean, not not to share them with us necessarily, but uh, right. that, we understand you, know, that, you can't tell us. That you have been in one of these competitions or you yeah. intend to be in one of these competitions or your your school does it and you you've got some kind of experience with it. That'd be interesting. And let's just reiterate again now that everyone's heard the numbers we're talking about, um, what a notable achievement it is for Bridger to get second place. Yeah, yeah, it's incredible. It's huge. It's really incredible. And, of course, you know, Scott and I love hearing from listeners. If you have a comment you'd like to make about the Shell Eco Marathon, similar competitions, or a suggestion for a topic, you can find us on Facebook. You know, we're all over Twitter. You can see us on our website, HowStuffWorks.com, and cut out the middleman send us an email directly at our stuff at howstuffworks.com be sure to check out our new video podcast stuff from the future join howstuffworks staff as we explore the most promising and perplexing possibilities of tomorrow the howstuffworks iphone app has arrived download it today on itunes It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at, like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. Podcast. 
have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Jordan Gonsalves, and I'm a journalist. Join me on my new podcast, But We Loved, where queer elders recount the amazing history they've lived through. In the middle of Wall Street, they stopped traffic. They were doing a die-in. And in the process, share little gems of wisdom for the next generation. The key is to understanding yourself, learning to love and embrace yourself. You can listen to But We Loved on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.